Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast. Our guest today, boy, do we ever get into some deep stuff about creating who you want to be, talking about how to deal with past traumas and how that doesn't have to define who you are being today and what you want to create for your future, for your family's future, and for your legacy in life. Today's guest, Michael Anthony. Michael, uh, great to have you with us today. Thanks, man. Uh, excited to be here with you. I'm, I'm excited for uh, a number of reasons. There is, um, y- y- you know, your story is, uh, unfortunately, it's not unique, but it's definitely um, a challenging story. And, uh, you know, as we as we talk and you, you share a little bit about what you've been through, um, I think the listeners are going to be able to get a lot of value, quite frankly, out of being able to hear what you've been through and 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 where you've gotten to. Um, and and I'm 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 sort of in a place and I'm curious as we go through this conversation is if there's a possibility for us to live lives in such a way that we're we're doing all the things we want to do but be able to live them without there being something wrong um and i think your story that we'll get into right now is one where you could easily live a life where something's always wrong because you've been through so much so why don't you just give us a little bit of background um you know in terms of where where you've come from what kind of stuff you you've been through and and then we'll get into some of the stuff that you're you're doing now yeah um and and i i think you can live that way right and i i don't want to point to myself as like a testament of like that but i am and i think it's important to own that and then i look at a lot of the success my clients have had over the years and you know they are too and so you know, you're not, this is so difficult, Neil, because people have a very hard time wrapping their head around this concept, but you're not the worst thing that has ever happened to you. And you're also not the worst thing you've ever done. And that's a, that's like a gut punch for people because for whatever reason, as humans, man, we just love to suffer a lot of that self-imposed. Right. And so my, my, my story, I always tell people this too, is like, don't compare your story to mine because we don't have the same story. We don't come from the same house. It's very different. Um, but my, my mom was a drug addict and alcoholic, man, and in the worst way. And she actually cut off my right index finger when I was like four years old. And, you know, that's such that old saying, like hurt people hurt people. And my stepdad, who she married when I was six, like that dude was a monster, Neil. You're talking about this guy, six foot four, 220 pounds, beating up a seven-year-old. It's like real yeah. courageous man, this guy, right? And we spent a lot of my childhood homeless and deeply in poverty. I lived with over 30 different families when I, when I was a kid, getting bounced from place to place to place. And when I was 12, I started doing drugs. By the time I was 13, I was getting drunk. 
by 15, I got expelled from school. Um, I didn't graduate high school. They basically gave me the, the diploma and they were like, we're going to let the streets figure out. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just kind of like, I have these moments time and time again of where it was like, I don't want this life. You know, it was like, I felt it in my heart. I was like, I don't want this. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want this family. I don't want these expectations of failure. And, you know, I got fired from this warehouse job where I was putting microchips into motherboards. Okay. I'm 18 years old and I'm, I'm watching like the desperation in people's eyes working at a job where this is as good as it's going to get for them, man. Yeah. And that's like very sad if you think about it. And I got fired and I'm sitting in my car and I was like, there's a solution somewhere and it's, it's out here. I've got to find it. There's a solution for poverty, for homelessness, for abuse. And it just landed on me. It was like, it's got to be money because it's, it's the one thing we've never had. So if we have that, maybe this will solve these problems. And I chased money. I built a career very young. I made a million bucks by the time I was 25 working for a fortune 10 company. Um, but man, I was 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep. I was high all day long, I was cheating on my girlfriend. I was 50 grand in debt, making six figures a year. My car got repossessed. And my little brother told me, never talk to me again. And it's like, on paper, my life looked great. But at 26 years old, it was complete rock bottom. And, you know, 12 years later, here I am talking to you. And that has just been a journey of being relentless, of not accepting failure, of not accepting expectations of other people. You know, I, I asked myself this question at the worst moment of my life. I asked myself, I was like, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer was no excuses, just results. And that catapulted me to where I am. Obviously, I mean, like, that's a very long, slow catapult. I mean, it took 12 years, right? But it's like, today I look at life and it's like New York Times, or being on the, the billboards in Times Square in New York City, having best-selling books, having a gigantic podcast, coaching thousands of people, making money in a way that feels an integrity, uh, leading my family, leading my friends, um, leading myself. And it's like, I didn't figure out anything anyone else doesn't know. I was just willing to be curious about possibility. Woo. That was, that was a lot in a nutshell there, uh, man. Sure. Um, you were curious about possibility. Uh, and it's interesting considering how much you came from uh, and which you really just gave us a small snippet really uh, sure. without, without the, the gory details. Uh, but what I'm, what, as I hear that, what I'm thinking is how, how do you get through that? How do you get through that kind of trauma? Um, because truth is we we never really get through it that a lot of those things are give us the lessons that we you know um and even the fortitude that we have today but but how did how did you avoid succumbing to to all of that what what made that difference what made that change well i did i mean you know go look at this rock bottom i was yeah. living into what everyone told me 
you know, I, I grew up in a home where my own mother and my stepfather were like, would call me a loser, would call me dumb, would call me fat, uh, you know, just the most demeaning things you would tell a child. And so I, I lived into what everyone said I would be. And on the backside of it, like now in hindsight, obviously, and looking back, it's like you're you're groomed and enmeshed into becoming what people tell you to be until you escape it. And obviously, I mean, people in personal development quote the matrix like it's going out of business. But like, really, if you think about it, like so much of this journey is very matrix-esque. It's like if you're willing to break through what other people tell you you should be, then you can be anything. And no, I didn't like I wasn't ever thinking to myself, I'm going to be on billboards in Times Square and I'm going to write books and I'm going to have a podcast and I'm going to coach thousands of people. and I'm going to be this guy people want to interview. I was just trying to fix my shit, like real talk. And I was just like, I need it started with just getting clarity about a couple of things because I was like, all right, I'm morbidly obese. Yes, that's a problem. I'm 350 pounds. I'm wearing a size 4XL shirt, a size 47 pants, chain smoking cigarettes like it's my job. I'm like, I'm going to die by the time I'm 30. Yeah. And so it was like step one, health. I got into deeply into yoga, deeply into fitness. I eventually would become a certified personal trainer. Um, I never did anything with it. I just did it so I could understand the human body. I became studious about these things. And then I got clarity. I was like, okay, I need to solve the problem of the relationship with my brothers. That took forever, a lot of effort and a lot of work, you know, and, and then it was like, okay, how do I solve the money problem? How do I get out of $50,000 in debt? Okay, great. Figured that out. And then it was just like this consummate thing. And, and what it really is, which I, I try to explain to people as the most simple aspect of life that you're failing to understand is if you just do the things that keep you awake at night, you will solve all of your problems. Interesting. If you just do the things that keep you up at night, you got to, you got to expand on that. Yeah. So so think about, think about this, man, right? right, So you're, you're in bed, you're going to sleep. That's the one time of your day where you're at peace. You're not bothered by your cell phone or work, your team, your employees, your tasks, your agenda, your kids, the gate, like whatever. Right. But you can't sleep because your brain keeps saying, Neil, when are you going to break up with that girl? You're not in love with Neil. When are you going to start the podcast? Neil, when are you going to stop smoking those cigarettes? Neil, when are you going to solve the problem of the relationship with your brother? Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, if you started working on that stuff, your life is going to be different. And and that's the thing. It's like we we inherently, I don't care what anybody says, man. We know what we need to be doing. But the difference between success and failure is the doing. It is the doing. It's like sitting down and having the hard conversation or starting the project or working on your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health. And you know those things that you need to do. Neil, seriously, I'm going to ask you. I know you're interviewing me, but have you ever had something that kept you awake at night that until you dealt with it, it did not go away? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely. Then that, so then if we all can agree that happens <laughs> yeah. to all of us, then yeah. why are we not leveraging that more in this journey? Right. Right. Well, it, it's funny that you say that because I've found that um, – the things that I am afraid of, the things that keep me up at night, um, I found that I hate that 
feeling so badly that I have to go, I have to go tackle those things. I have to go take Same. them on. Right. Because otherwise they just, they just sit there. And, um, and it's funny how, uh, okay, I'm, I might be afraid of climb, climbing Mount Everest. I'm not trying to go climb Mount Everest. Sure. Right. But, uh, but we're talking about that doesn't keep me up at night, but these other things that you're talking about, um, and, and I think that they are individual to each one of us. If we just listen to what that, what it's screaming in our head, mm -hmm. if we just listen to it and, uh, and take the time, cause I think we, maybe you could say something about this. I think we love to take whatever is there and then say, well, no, that's not it. It's got to be this. And then we go take on this instead. Yeah. Right. It's like, being avoided. I, like I hear this um, when it comes to relationships, right? R rather than taking on uh, the things that are internal, I'm not happy. What's bothering me? We, we love to turn around and then look at the other person and, and we go after other people and you seem, you see it time and time again, where people, uh, especially on social media, where people will share about what they realized after afterwards, mm -hmm. you know, what is, what is that? Say something ab about that and, and what, what's going on. Why do we, we love to fix something else rather than what's really there? What really keeps us up at night? Yeah. Cause it's hard, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like to sit down and have the hardest conversations you may ever have in your life. Like nobody's excited to do that unless you're a sociopath. I'm not saying you're not, but I'm just saying even, <laughs> you know, generally speaking, just sit down with across from someone and be like, Hey, thank you for working at my company for 10 years. I have to let you go. Nobody wakes up and is excited about that. Right. Nobody's excited about this idea of like, man, I've been with this person for seven years and I have to end this relationship because I'm not in love anymore. Yeah. That's dude, that's not fun. But also it's kind of like to flip the script a little bit. It's like, man, I need to have this conversation about boundaries with my dad. Oh, bro. Now we're really getting into it. Right. And you're like, oh, my dad's always taking advantage of me, blah, blah, blah. And I can't sleep at night because I know he's going to text me and he needs something else. It's like, if you can give yourself the freedom to deal with those things, it's amazing what will come from it. And in the moment, I mean, it really kind of is ripping off the bandaid, right? Just, just do it. Just do it yeah. right now. Cause the second you do it, you start healing. Yeah. And the longer that you wait, the more it eats at you. And you know, there's an amazing conversation to be had about the, the concept of the, mo the emotional freedom that removes stress from your life. Like we all know stress is the number one killer, like above everything, stress is the first thing that will kill you. Well, if you look at the compounding effects of stress, plus having a, a childhood like mine, or like many people probably hearing this, you know, there, there's a direct correlation between early heart attacks, dementia, diabetes, pulmonary embolisms, uh, Alzheimer's disease, and the amount of trauma you had as a child. There's this amazing Research called the ACE survey, Adverse Childhood Experiences Survey, done in the 90s. What I will say is I believe it's inconclusive. I said this many, many times. It, the sample size was much too small, and it was 30 years ago, 
right? But what I will say about it is a lot of that data and information holds up. So if you have this childhood trauma and then that leads you to be more likely to smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and be in abusive relationships and and then you add the level of being sick on top of it and then you add the level of just the day-to-day stress of not dealing with life, well, man, you're you're just compounding chaos. And it becomes exponential. Next, this is why people have strokes when they're like 35, man. And it's like, okay, what do you have to do to remove stress? Because the stress of the moment of the decision, if you look at it on a long term, the micro of the decision is far less stressful than the macro of the continuation of avoiding the decision. Well, meaning, can you say that again? Say that. Yeah, again? yeah. So, so meaning. The decision, if you if you do the thing you need to do now, it is yes. much less painful than putting it off. Yeah. So in the micro, it's like, I just need to do it now. Rip the Band-Aid off. In the yeah. macro, you're being, if you're being avoidant, it carries much more stress, much more pain, and, it, and it's going mm-hmm. to really be detrimental to your life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Sometimes I get heady yeah. with this stuff, man. But does that, is that clear? Yeah, yeah I... Um... You know, if you guys are listening, it, it, we we are getting into some really heady stuff, and um, you know, you've got to be willing and want to look into, look inward, and look at this stuff, um, and at the same time, not spend so much time looking in that you that you're not taking action out here in the world. Is for sure, so guys. You know, as as we're talking about this, you've got to take where you're at right now and and look at it and and take action um, as we continue on. You know, try and try and steal as much as you can from Michael here and uh, and figure it out. And of course, we're going to uh, we're going to share the link so people can get more of you. Um, and uh, but let me just put this out here. People are interested uh, in, in learning more about you, your story and what you do, where, where can they go to, to get that stuff? Yeah. Um, I'm everywhere online at Michael unbroken. And then if you just search think unbroken or Michael unbroken, like you'll find all the podcasts, the books are for free. They're available everywhere. Podcast is for free. Um, all that stuff. So just search. Yeah. So, so if, if putting things off, is more painful than just getting to them than than actually taking them on why do we love to put things off i mean it it literally permeates through our entire society right i mean even down to uh payments we buy something let's we'll put off the payments and put off the payments and put up right and so then we become slaves to the payments so you you name it, we love to put off uh, what there is to do, and so yeah. What, we're what, lying do, you, what do you have to say to that? Yeah, because we're lying to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We we've convinced ourselves that somehow we're gonna have tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like somehow we're gonna be able to do it tomorrow. Yeah, and it's like, bro, like the building I'm in could collapse right now. Like, why am I waiting for tomorrow? The one thing I will probably say that has given me more leverage and success than anything is my ability to commit 
and then figure out the rest later is, okay. is, is really just diving in and being like, I'm going to see what happens. I'm going <laughs> to deal with the thing in front of me because when you get into this and look, I used to be captain analysis paralysis, right? Yes. I mean, dude, I would also, this is why I don't book my own travel. Cause I, do, I will go to every website for hour. It's such, so stupid. Right. And so it's like, you get so caught up in the, if then what, where it's like, none of that matters. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, Neil, what's the most important part of the day? Like right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not earlier and not in an hour right now. Yes. And so it's funny when I, when I go to restaurants, they always, you put your name on the thing and then it always asks you the time. Neil, I always write now on the time because that's the time it is. It's now. It's only ever going to be now. Yeah. And, and if you can Absolutely. change your relationship with time and death, you'll change the way that you operate in the world. It, you know, and I get it. Like people, they get into the payments and they get on these programs, like fine, whatever, who cares? It doesn't actually really matter that much. What, what really truly matters is what are you doing with this moment? Because you're, you're in this moment. You could change your life right now. People don't, people don't believe me. But it's actually pretty simple. It's okay. like, do the opposite of what you're doing that is in alignment with the person that you want to become. So if you're sitting here and you're like, uh, like, like, I'll give you an example. I ran a marathon a couple of years ago, which is horrible. I'll never do it again. But I wanted to do it so I could do it, right? Yeah. Well, if I go look back at my life and I was, I was like, I made a decision to run a marathon. It was yeah. in the doing in which gave me the ability to run it. And what I mean by that is it was like, Neil, I can't tell you how much I hate running. Like it would be an understatement, whatever I said, but it was like, I would get up, I'd go run the 10 miles. I would get up, I'd run the 14 miles. I'd get up, I'd run the 17 miles. I'd rinse yeah. and repeat for six weeks at a time. And then I ran the marathon and that's what it is. It's like, you have this end goal in mind of the life that you want. You're not going to get it overnight, but you can make a change in this moment that will lead you down that path. And it's, and it's the reality is like life is incremental. Like however you want to look at this, the life that you want to build and you want to create is in the, the very small decisions mm -hmm. every day. And if you're willing to give yourself permission to do what's right for you, not what other people think is right for you because people have no business telling you what to do because they're not you. But if you can give yourself permission to do what is right for you, that is in the direction of the person you want to become, dude, on a long enough timeline, you will become that person. It might take 12 years. What world, and that's reality. And so I, I preach, I preach patience to my clients every day to the world. I'm like, be patient. Cause you don't understand that it's not going to work and then it's not going to work and it's not going to work and it's not going to work and it's not going to work. And then seven years later, one day it works and you go, ah, it works. And it's like, if you're willing to forego the gratification of the seven years and get to the, to the end mark, you win the game. Right. And it's people ask me all the time, how did I lose 140 pounds? No, I didn't do it overnight. Bro, how'd I quit smoking? I didn't do it overnight. How'd I mend the relationship with my brothers? I didn't do it overnight. 
how do I build a giant podcast? I didn't do it overnight. I mean, everything is time. And what's interesting is, and look, I, I realize I'm going very deep on this, but time is a, a variable that is also a construct. It's not even real. Like some guy just made it up one day, right? But what we do know is real is what we do within the scope of that time. So are you going to live or are you not going to? Because it's really up to you. Whoo, man. Uh, you... We definitely are, <laughs> we're solving the world's problems right here. Um, and, uh, you know, guys, if you're listening, you know, uh, this, this is getting really deep. And again, I want to really encourage you guys, take it in for, for what you can move forward with. Take on something. I think that's the really important thing. You don't need to that's solve right. every problem you have in your life. Uh, I love what, Michael, what you're sharing here in take on what's in front of you, right? Uh, and and start moving that. And and like something like, don't get tied into how long it's gonna take to get there. Rather, get on the doing something about it now and moving, moving forward with that. So with that, you know, you're, like you said, you're, you've got clients what what is the area that you find that people are looking for um you know for mentorship and guidance in the most um i you know it's funny i i asked my my clients last night so we have i do one on one stuff right but i also have a group and we meet every monday in this group and i i literally asked them all last night i said why are you here you know, some of these guys have been in it for a year, some for six months, some for two weeks. You know, it's always different. And everyone's like, I want to become the person I believe I'm capable of becoming. And people look okay. at my life, Neil, and they're like, man, that guy did it. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And I can teach you how. Like, I promise you, I can teach you how. Because I've already done it. And it's a lot of it is the reconciliation of your own decisions. Right. A lot of it is letting go of the past. Um, you can't just stuff it down. You can't hide from it, uh, which is hard because, you know, we talk about the now. And I think that's really important. But it's also recognizing that you are the total of all of your experiences. So if you're sitting in the now, but you've been abused for 20 years of your life, it's going to be pretty hard to like take these first steps. Mm -hmm. And I think most people just want to become them. Like if you think about, so I, I'm fortunate, man. I've been able to interview literally some of the greatest minds in trauma in the world on Think Unbroken. Dr. Gabor Mate, Caroline Leaf, um, Mariel Bouquet. I mean, like the dude, the list guy, Tom and Lisa Bilyeu, Anthony Trucks, uh, Oprah's coach, Tim Story. Dude, I've interviewed hundreds of people and we're all in agreement about one thing. We all are in agreement about one thing now that we believe people can become who they want to become. Yeah. And if I'm sitting here with these experts and we're all in agreement with this and many of us are living that, like one of my, one of my values is self-actualization, right? And to me, that means being me unequivocally. Mm -hmm. And, and no, I'll tell you the truth, man. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you love me. Like it doesn't matter to me either way, because what's important to me is like when I go look in that mirror, like, am I good? 
Like, did I show up today? Did I lead with love? Was I compassionate and empathetic? Was I adventurous and curious? Did I have joy? Did I have honor and integrity? You know, was I, was I the person I believe I can be? And as long as that answer is yes, like, dude, I'm good. And if the answer is no, it's like, okay, why is it no? What did I do today that was out of character? How did I not show up? How would I not, how did I not move towards my, my goals and my ambitions and my dreams? And because just like the people I coach, I also want to become me like at a deeper level. Right. And there's an amazing quote. I think about this pretty frequently. Uh, It's not a quote. It's a lyric from Jay-Z and it says people around you saying that you changed. Well, I didn't do all this work to stay the same. And so what I think about in that is, can you continue even when you're like, life is good. Can you continue to be a learner? Can you continue to seek guidance and mentorship, coaching, or whatever it is that you need? And and can you just play this game? Because life is, it's that concept about infinite game. That's all life is. Life is just a game, dude. It's like, I'm sitting right now having this interview with you from the 39th floor of a high rise in Buenos Aires, looking out over the city. And when I was 10 years old, I was stealing food from the big lots on the corner of 30th and Georgetown while my mom was in rehab and my stepdad ghosted so that I could survive. And if I looked at my life and I was like, man, I'm so mad at the world. I had to steal food and my mom cut my finger off and I was homeless as a kid and I didn't graduate high school and I wasted a million dollars. My girlfriend left me and blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't be here right now. And that also would be not in alignment and becoming who I'm capable of being. That would be being a victim. And I don't want to take victimhood away from people. You know what I mean? It's for you. If that's what you need, fine. But I'm just asking you, how does it serve you? Yes. How does does being a victim make your life better? In a world where everyone wants to be the victim, where no one wants to be culpable or accountable, and I'm not saying you're responsible for the bad things that happened to you in childhood, because you're not, and that'd be insane. What I am saying, though, is you're 38. You're 52. You're 26. Like, what are you doing? And so it's like you want to become you, but you're so terrified, right? Like I said, childhood trauma is the theft of identity. So going and discovering who you are, that's going to be the hardest game you play. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's such an interesting one. I, I think the other, other part of, you know, looking at your identity is realizing that just because you've come from whatever you've come from, it's not like you're trying to uncover this identity that you were supposed to be rather yep, for sure choosing an identity that you that you are that you want that you're choosing right um not based on that we we love to we we love to think in that in those terms hey this is where i came from so if so therefore i can be this or this is who i was supposed to be as opposed to thinking like you said, being here and now, who, who am I choosing to be? Who do I want to be? And not based on, not based on that trauma, not based on, uh, having to, to steal food. 
for crying out loud, you are on the 39th floor of a hotel in Buenos Aires. Um, it Obviously, that sounds like such a polar opposite that you created, not just some identity that you uncovered from your childhood. Yeah, there you used the perfect word there. And most people are not going to hear what you just said. And so I'm going to point it out. I created this. Mm -hmm. Like there's one of the sub chapters of my first book is create you. That's the game, dude. You can be anybody you want to be. Here's what I think about, man. It's like, if, if like Madonna can be Madonna and Kobe can be Kobe and, you know, Michael Jackson can be Michael Jackson. Why can't you be you? Like you're the one. Why are you taking that away from yourself? Like you're the one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm the one. I'm yeah. I am him. You know, you know when people you're walking down the street and like that's them? That's me, bro. I am me, right? And so it's like can you own yourself? We live in Here's one of the things. This this is where it gets a little weird. I'll try not to go too okay. far on this. Okay, okay. I I don't believe in being humble. Let me tell okay. you why. All right. Here, let me let me give you context to this. If you grew up especially in the West like we did, what do you hear your entire childhood? Sit down, be quiet, raise your hand, don't show off, don't share accolades, don't make people feel bad because you're shining, mm-hmm. go to the back of the classroom, stay stay down, don't be as great as you can be. I'll never forget this, dude. We had this uh, cork board in third grade that was outside the classroom, and I'll never, I swear, this is 100% true. It said, you can be anything you want in life, but you probably won't be a basketball player. And I'm like, why are we taking, I'm like, why are we taking, pe- I remember reading that in third grade and being like, this is stupid. And it's like, why are we taking people's dreams away from them from the time that they're a child? And, right. and there's, again, I, I love music, so I'm always going to quote lyrics. There's a Kanye lyric, and I know people find him polarizing. That's regardless. The lyric is, I'm a star. How could I not shine? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we sit here and we're so scared to be ourselves because we're told to be humble, right? Live with humility. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things. Like don't be a crass fuck face. Right. (laughs) But what I am saying is it's like, can you own your greatness? Yes. Can you own being nil? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Can you wave that flag and be like, I'm Michael. I am him. Like I love myself, bro. Like I love my accomplice. I work my face off for this life you better believe i love it and people are so afraid of that because the only thing they've ever heard is if you do that you're a bad person Mm -hmm. and it's like what are the trappings of that you you parlay that in our educational systems plus growing up in homes where generally speaking if your home was like mine you have zero voice the hardest thing that i've done in my life is have a voice and i'm not going to strip it down for you And I wish more people would do that. If you, if you did a research poll about what humans find attractive in other humans, and this isn't necessarily like just hyperbole, I've I've actually kind of posted this on social many, many times over the years. The number one quality that people find to be attractive in other people is confidence Yeah, across the board, across the board, because we don't want to be with people who are nonchalant about their lives when we're trying to blow up. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if you really want to, if you really want to step this path in this journey, 
like give yourself permission to be great like damn it you better be because if you ain't yeah. gonna do it who's gonna do it yeah i i think people th this is something that i have personally had to work on and in this this area of what is humble and one of the things i that i've learned is that it actually takes more arrogance to put down those things right like mm. to to not say those things to not because really when if if i'm talking about hey i i've spoken in in front of groups this size and i've done this and i've made that i'm that that just what that is is acknowledgement i'm acknowledging yes. what i've done or i can acknowledge what i'm working on and working towards and that's just what is and what but what we what we love to tell ourselves was oh if i well if i say that you know then i would be bragging or i you know it'd be like no no you're you're just saying what is actually there and um and instead the, all this aspect of trying to hide it you know like we love to say if you're shy you, you know oh i'm just shy and i'm like really you you care more about yourself and how you're going to look than the difference that you're going to make for another human being ain't that the truth and, and it's like, dude, when sometimes I, you, when I slap you, myself in the face with that one, then mm -hmm. it was okay. Yeah. Time to, you got to open your mouth. You got, look, dude, here. Yeah. You're spot on, man. Like this fires me up. Like this is the shit yeah. that I love because it's like, sometimes you need to brag about yourself. Yeah. Give yourself yeah. your flowers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, give yourself your flowers, but more so also what you just said is so important. You have a moral obligation to touch your greatness. For your yeah. family, for your friends, for your community, for your spouse, for your children. Like you have a moral obligation to be as great as you can be. And I'm not saying like you have to be Mother Teresa, right? I'm not saying hey. that you have to have private jets and be a billionaire. Like I have no interest yeah. in any of that stuff. I don't ever want to be a billionaire. I know what it takes to do that. And I'm not, I don't want it. Right. But it's like, I want to be the greatest trauma coach in the entire world. I would argue that I probably am. Right. And so it's like, I believe in myself, but it's taken to go from a quiet, ostracized, codependent person to mm -hmm. a leader who is willing to wave their own flag, that in its own right is a lifetime of work. And, and it's like so much of the leverage that has allowed me to do that was I, I really sat with it one day and I was looking at my life and I kept thinking to myself, man, my life was really good. My life was really, 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 really good. What if I could help my brothers? Yeah. And now, and now I just, dude, I literally just watched one of my brothers become a cop. I watched the other one. He's about to be a firefighter. And you know, these are, these are guys who suffered with me alongside who were at rock bottom, whose lives had not a lot of value to them. Right. And that's not to be disparaging. And my brother's journeys yeah. are their journeys. But what I'm yeah. saying is you, I look at their lives now and I go, that's why I do this. Mm-hmm. 
because it's incredible. Yeah. I look at my clients' lives. Dude, I have people who come to me and they're worse. People come to me, bro. They are suicidal. They don't want to live anymore. They're they're upside down and backwards. They have no boundaries. Their lives are in dire straits. And in a very short period of time, I help them make their lives very different. If I didn't do that, Neil, how am I serving? How am I being me? And again, I'm not saying you have to be a coach. You don't have to write books. You don't have to podcast. But whatever the yeah. hell it is that you're called to do, you need to go do it. Because every yeah. moment that you're not, you're taking away from people. And that makes yeah. you selfish. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to ask this question because I, I know that people... I know that people heard this one and you said, who do you, who do you want to be? Uh, you've got to figure that one out. And is there, let's get into some practicals if we can, is there mm -hmm. a way if someone's like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not sure. How do I, how do I do that? What do I actually do such that I don't get stuck in paralysis of analysis, what can I do to be, to figure out who I actually want to be? Yeah. Well, that's the heart. That's the hardest part of all this. Right. And I think some of it happens by proxy of your efforts, your energy and your environment. Um, that's probably how I'm here with you now. Like I didn't, again, I didn't anticipate doing any of this stuff. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, but then there's the other elements of it again. Like, can you create clarity around health, wealth, and relationships? Like really it comes down to this. Like if there were three cornerstones of this health, yeah. wealth, relationships, which I think those are the three cornerstones of life. I think you probably would agree. Well, okay. What kind of health do I want? What kind of wealth do I want? What kind of relationships do I want? And you, and you get nuanced in that. And, I, and what I mean, nuanced is to the point where you can name the color of the interior of the leather of the car that you get, right? Because you put things in your mind's eye and you can go chase them. Your health, like what does your health look like, right? Your relationship with your friends, your family, your spouse, what do those things look like? With yourself, what does that look like? And I think you just, you have to go through these exercises of expelling the the notions of possibility from your brain and like dude th all right so i travel the world all the time this journal right here i always have one with me pages and pages and pages and pages of me just writing ideas and concepts and like who i am and what i think this thing represents that i'm trying to do and and trying to build my life around it and the this three dollar pen is the most valuable thing i've ever purchased in my life more so than $10,000 and $20,000 coaching programs and masterminds and events and courses and blah, blah, blah. This pen carries more value than all of that because mm -hmm. it helps me create a path. And the path changes, right? Uh, yeah. It's weird to say this in context of everything we're saying, but don't be dogmatic about your own life. Like, be willing to be flexible and recognize that you today wants this, but you tomorrow may yes. not. And can yes. you honor that and, and recognize that as you go down the journey, you're going to discover more about yourself than you probably would like to. Oh my goodness. I think, I think you just dropped probably the secret uh, of, of that, uh, of that question. Who do you want to be? We spend so much time thinking of what that, ultimate ultimate is 
supposed to be. You know, we start trying to put all these pictures of all these people together and we're, we, oh, I'm supposed to want this and I'm supposed to want that. And, and trying to figure that out as opposed to what you just said, you know, that we change and, and we can change. And so who do you want to be right now? Because that could change down the road. You know, when, who I wanted to be was very different than who I, you know, at, in my 20s, than who I wanted to be after I had kids in my 30s. Oh, for sure. Right? And if I was trying to map everything out in my 20s, you know, which I was trying, you, you realize, oh, if I couldn't be flexible, if I couldn't give myself some grace, some patience to go, oh, maybe... Maybe this is not the direction I want to keep going. Then, you know, you you find yourself stuck in another place. And so I, I think a real key to what you're sharing there, who do you want to be, is started with just where you are right now and and uh, start moving in that direction for who you want to be, realizing that you're allowed to change it as you move along. Yeah, that's the hard part is that. You know, because it's like people get so stuck in the trappings of yeah, this is what it has to be. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. The purpose of life is to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And We're Good. And I just, I think living is just the exploration of what it is. that. Like, here's, here's a thing, man. It's like, I a fully and entirely believe that I could wake up tomorrow morning and never want to do another interview and not want to have my podcast and not want to have my books and close down a company I've spent almost a decade building. And you know what, Neil, if I woke up tomorrow and that was true, goodbye. Yeah. So what does get you up in the morning these days? What are you passionate about uh, these days, Michael? Um, well, hopefully I wake up every morning for a long time to come. Um, yes. So by by default, I'm forced into it. Um, but realistically, man, the it, it's it's about knowing contribution is the thing that drives me. You know, I'm, I'm working on right now, and it, it won't happen until early next year, but I'm working on a men's only program. You know, that drives me. How do I serve men at a higher level? You know, that that's a thing where it's like just near and dear. I'm, I'm frameworking that stuff right now. Um, I think being an entrepreneur just as a general drives me because um, it kind of has to because you eat what you kill. <laughs> um, but where I'm at in my life now, it's like seeking, you know, I've, I've spent 14 years of my life building businesses and I'm in this place now where it's like, I want to build family, right? In a real way. Like I'm going to, I started dating recently. I'm looking to build that aspect of life. How do you grow into that element? Right. And so the, the things that keep me, that, that wake me up in the morning that make me excited is just life, dude. Like, I know that sounds like this very vague answer, but it's like, all right. So I wrote this down last week was deep in this meditation after having a, a beautiful experience one night. And I was like, what is the meaning of life? I was like, oh, the meaning of life is to live. It's to 
get on the plane and have your heart broken and go on the adventure and have great sex and eat great food and have great coffee and and sometimes feel loss and grief and and have friendships in but also blossom and create things and lose things and everything in between the meaning of life is just to live and so i'm just living man i'm living until it's over that's it that clock strikes zero i'm walking away with like knowing i put a hundred on the board like for real yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, you won't be walking away, but <laughs> I got you. When, when I get when I got cremated and and sprinkled on my enemies, I will know that I put a hundred on the board. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and that you know, as we're we're wrapping up here, I I want to acknowledge that um, you can you can only live that if you know you've you've put up a hundred right now, and right now and right That's now right. and right That's now right. like you said right. right because right now is is what you've got to work with and so put up 100 right now who cares what you put up yesterday or the day before yep. that or this morning could put up 100 right now so um yep. you, you uh so i love this you're working on um this this what you can contribute to men um you know you've you've uh, written um, a book in, in the past, which we can find on your website. And, um, what, what do you want to say in parting? Like, you know, as, as your message to, uh, well, to the listeners, but you know, for, for right now, what do you want to say? Yeah, dude, I think people just have to remember this is possible for them. You're not going to believe it until it happens. Yeah. And they're, you know, it's the three feet from gold mentality where it's like, dude, you're one decision away. You are one decision away every single day. And it might take a thousand days of decisions to get to get it. But every day you're one decision away. And I think that's the thing people need to leverage. Like, I get it. It's scary. We have fear. People are terrified. We're worried about stuff that doesn't matter constantly. And it's like, just focus on you, focus on your game, go put up your shot. And I promise you on a long enough timeline, you'll win. I love it. Love it. Go put up your shot. Uh, yeah, Michael, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, you know, you're going to be able to find uh, in the show notes, uh, the links for, uh, for Michael, for uh, the website, for all of his contact. Um, go check them out and uh, go go check out the podcast. What and what's the name of the podcast again? Think Unbroken. Think Unbroken. Uh, go check out his podcast as well, uh, Michael. I know that we could go down so many different threads, but I want to respect your time. Uh, we've hit that, and I want you to go enjoy Buenos Aires uh, as you're there right now. And sure. just a quick question: what's the what's the weather like there right now? Uh, it's not great. Uh, it's the changing of the season. So it's yeah. like, I don't know, you're, in, you're in Celsius. So it's like 18 and rainy. Okay. But, okay. But that's okay. Yeah. I got a jacket. It's fine. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. Well, Michael, I really appreciate you have having you on the show. Uh, I love For the sure. conversation you, and, um, you know, uh, I, I know that the viewers are going to get uh, a great amount of value. Uh, best of luck in Thanks, your man. future endeavors, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Matt. All right, guys, this has been another episode of, episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast. We'll see you guys next week.